guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. In today's episode, we are going to drop gems on how confidence can help build a successful marriage with life and relationship coach Crystal David. Hi. Hi. Okay, guys, I'm so I'm, excited. To be I, here. I'm so excited that you're here because she has a podcast of her own. So, um, you know, I love when people can talk back and have a conversation. This is perfect. Um, yeah, and I'm such a fan. So to oh, be like so in sweet. the frame of the, frame. the Milana show, it's like you're so. Funny. I made it. You're, stop. <laughs> um, no, seriously. I'm fascinated by you, and this is why. You're beautiful, smart, young, fun, and you're a wife and mother to five girls. I've been telling you forever. This is like a reality show waiting to happen. Five daughters. There's five. I know. How? How when? did it happen? Yeah. <laughs> Like how, like, so this is why I think you're so interesting is because um, we can get into it in a second, but like everything, like your career, your age, your lifestyle, and like the fact that in all of it, with all of that, you were able to give birth to five daughters and be an incredible mom. I see how they um, love you and cherish you and just want to be around you all the time. They just like literally latch on to you. Yeah. And it's so sweet. <laughs> and how have you, like, just tell us a little bit about yourself before we really get into um, why you're here today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for having me. And <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, anytime people ask me how, I say, because I don't do what you guys think I do. Like, I'm not the traditional mom. I don't stress about the things that most moms stress mm. about. And then I think when you see a mom that has like one, maybe even two kids, they think it's that times five. But when you have five, it's like my, like today, for example, I was getting my makeup done and I'm like, you get your sister dressed, you get her, make her oh, that's waffle, nice. you like go grab me something. I need this. So it's like, I, I tell people my selfish trait has worked for me because I'm not the mom that's like, I'm going to die for my kids. It's like, I'm not dying. So if someone's going to die, it's not going to be me. <laughs> you guys figure it out. <laughs> There's five of you. Like, I love myself too much. I'm not the Good. one going out. So that works for me. And yeah. that's why I help women with that because my pendulum is so far over here that I'm just not the mom that's like, I lost myself and I don't know who I am. It's like, no, like mommy's getting makeup done. So figure it out. Like, you'll be fine. If you're late to school today because I couldn't make breakfast, you're going to be late to school. Like, yeah. But m most people like stress out and they'll just sacrifice themselves and think they can't do it. But I just find a way to do it, do it, do it all. That's so interesting that you're saying that because um, I always envisioned myself as somebody who is hoping to take that route. And when I say that to people, they kind of side eye me or they look at me kind of like, oof, like maybe you're not, you know, meant to be a mother. And I'm like, damn, like, should I not be saying this out loud? Because for me, I always envisioned myself as someone who was a little bit more selfish because I know that the, the selfish, better version of me is going to be a better mom at the end of the day. So yeah. going to be a better mentor. I'm going to be a better teacher to the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. But people make me feel like, well, don't listen wrong. to what people yeah. that's the biggest problem with life is people do things for what other people will think so if I cared what all the opinions are of me I would not be who I am today because I get judged by my in-laws by mm. my everyone they think I let my kids run around looking crazy because I'm just not like again like when we're getting five ready the only time I'm stressing about getting five kids ready is if we're going somewhere like like we went to a fashion show recently. Mm -hmm. So of course, like I took out the time, I got all their outfits laid out. But any other day, I'm like, wear whatever you feel like wearing, you know, yeah. things like that. And then people talk about me like, you have your kids looking crazy or, you know, 
whatever. Or I'm the mom that food will fall on the floor. I'm like three second rule. Like, I mean, what the hell? I I grew up on the three second rule. What's wrong with the three second rule? People are starving. Eat the food off the ground. Exactly. So there's just a lot of things I do that are very unorthodox and I just have the gift of not caring what people think. Well, that's amazing because it sounds like to me you're kind of um, releasing control, which a lot of us have a hard time doing. I feel a lot of us like, and I do in other parts of my life too, where it's like I I have a hard time giving up the control because it's like you don't know what's going to happen, right? The fear of not knowing. So it's like when you're like, you know what? With my kids, I'm just going to release it. And whatever happens, happens. If they eat the food off the floor, they'll be fine. You Mm -hmm, know what I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Control. I was just talking about that this morning in our, our mastermind call about how we try to change and control things that we can't and mm-hmm. a lot of our energy is sucked from those things like yeah you know and it's just like no I'm just so late like one of my good friends she was just telling the story about when she first met me and my mom and she was like what is she on is she on volume or whatever it is like, yeah. she literally <laughs> thought that I'm so calm like how is she doing this but it's because like my kids can be over there fighting and I'm just like over here like focused on me because they have to figure it out. I'm not going to stop everything and go break up the fight. Like that's how they learn to figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I am a recovering control freak, but when I learned what it was it's like so to funny. relinquish control, it was like, oh, this is nice. Like, I need to go to rehab for that. <laughs> get, <laughs> relinquish control. Your life will be so much better. Okay. Before we get into it, I do have one more question because I am curious. Do you find yourself being a little bit paranoid about like, for example, I have a sister. I don't have any kids. I have dogs, you know, but I don't have kids. <laughs> and my sister's like my child. She's like a, just, just sweet, kind, like naive, not in a bad way, just kind of in a trusting mm-hmm. the world is fine and everything's going to be okay. Me. And let me just open the door and walk out in the middle of the street and no one's going to do anything to me. I'm fine. Just floating through life. Right. Which I really admire, but I just like I didn't have that luxury because I had to be like in a, like, like the parent to her for a long time. Yeah. And I really do worry about her all the time. And so I've by myself looking at her location trying to figure out where she is is she gonna is she at home is she okay like I'm calling her and I sit there and I think to myself oh my god if I have kids I'm gonna be a freak yeah you might like a freak like where are you are you coming home did you die like a freak you know what I mean and I and I and I'm like wait I don't want to be that version I want to just be able to release and say you know what God is with you you'll be fine you'll get Mm -hmm. home safe do you find yourself with your oldest Justelle like wondering where she is what she's doing or do you think you're not there yet where she has like the ability to be by herself no I'm I'm laughing because my daughter what so where were we we were going to her one of her games and she was like you're bringing all of the girls by yourself and I was like what do you mean like you're saying it as if I can't handle it she's like I'm just saying, mom, like, are you sure you want to do that? So she worries more than I do because Mm -hmm. I am like your sister. Like, I'm just carefree. My husband has to tell me, like, you can't leave the door open because then, you know, people could come in when you're gone. Like, I don't think of things like that. And I don't know. I always tell people I'm just missing the marble, like, of worry. I don't have a worry marble. So it is, it's, everything is a detriment. Like, there's everything that it works for you and then it can work against you, right? And so to answer your question about like, am I worried like that? I'm not like, I was also like the other day I went 
out of town from Friday to Sunday. I didn't call not once. And then it was funny because I was coaching this girl and she was like, yeah, my husband, like he leaves and he doesn't even call and check on the kids to see how they're doing. Like if it were me, if I were gone, I'd be calling them like, how was school? Did you get your breakfast? And I was thinking like, mm, more like your husband. Because <laughs> I'm like, if I'm not there, what can I do? Yeah. I can't do anything. I don't really, I'm not going to wake up. I'm sleeping in. I'm not, you know, like, so... I'm, I'm the mom that will leave on Friday and you will not see me until Sunday when I get home and you're not going to hear from me because I want to be checked out doing me. I don't want to be on mom mode and like all of that. That's the whole point of getting away is like And that unplugging. might be better for your kids too in the long run, I feel like, because they can yeah, really they, just handle shit on their own. So I'll tell you this, like I hired a parent coach because I thought I was a bad mom because I was comparing oh, wow. myself to all the other worry moms and I'm like... I don't worry. Like I, maybe I'm a bad mom because I don't think to call my kids Friday to Sunday, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. So I was starting thinking I was a bad mom. What I actually learned, she, she calls it something it's called benign neglect. So it's like borderline neglecting your kids. That's healthy parenting because you're teaching them independence. You're teaching them yes. to trust themselves. Yes. You're teaching them. You got this. Like the moms who think <clears throat> like, I have to do everything for my child. You're actually raising codependent children. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, I'm doing something great. Shouldn't have told me that because then it just like sharpened my neglectful skills as a mother. <laughs> no, I love that. But it was validating that yeah. I'm like, I'm actually, no wonder I get such compliments of my kids that they're so independent. They're yeah, well they're behaved. Great. They're great kids, but it's because they've been raised borderline neglect. Like, I'm not helicoptering over them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of that has been my own trauma and disconnect. And part of it's just been, there's too many of you guys. I can't yeah. be everywhere. It can't be pulled. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So just keeping that in mind for when you do cross that bridge, it's like the more helicopter we are, we actually hurt them in the long run. Yeah, I feel like so I've heard she, that before. So she's like, most moms I who hire me, I'm having to unhelicopter them. Mm -hmm. So she's like, for you, we just have to implement a little bit more intentionality and stuff like that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Just for context, tell people um, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old you are, because I want, and how old your oldest is, because I want people to understand like how many years you've spent yeah. focusing on you know motherhood and being a wife. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm like, you keep saying I'm young. I'm like, thank you, because I are. feel so old, but I'm 35. I'll be 36 in summer, and... Um, I had Justelle, my oldest, when I so I was pregnant at 20, and I had her at 21. Like my birthday was July, and then I had her in August. And um, I was in college, like when I got pregnant with her. Looking back, I'm like, I am really weird. Like I not weird, but like a lot of people would drop out. Like even my um, yeah. even my counselor was like, you should just you know come back. You can always come back. I was like, no. So I was like in class giving full presentations with a belly people just looking at me like, that's that girl that's knocked up by the Colts player. Like <laughs> I was like at the talk of the school and didn't even know it. Like mm -hmm. I didn't know that until friends that I went to school with were telling me stories of what people were mm. saying. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. Like I was just living my life. Good. But yeah, so anyways, had her in college and then we waited four years and then we had our second and then it was boom, boom, boom after that. So your entire 20s, you basically spent. I was pregnant from 20 till 32 basically. Wow. Yeah. In 31, I mean. How do you feel about that? Like, oh, it's like you're sacrificing. So I'm 31, right? And I don't have any children and I lived my 20s. And that's one way to look at it. But you, here you are having, you have a family, you have five children, you've created yeah. something. And it's like, do you feel like you missed out on anything in your 20s? Or were you still able to balance it? Because 
that's really that's the first thing that comes to my mind is yeah. like your entire your twenties are like. So this is I love this question because I actually want to write a whole book about this mm. because what I'm finding in conversations most of my college friends are where you're at like they're my age are thirty to thirty five no kids not married and then I'm married with all the kids and. Absolutely. Like, I feel like I'm a 35 year old itching to be 18 right now. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm the girl that's like, take me to the club. I want to swing from the chandelier. Yeah, I want to be drunk to, like, all week. Relive that. I yeah. literally feel like I'm ready to be 20 now that I'm, I'm pretty 99% sure I'm done having kids. So now like something clicked in me in the last year that I'm like, it's like my wild woman is emerging. And the things that I want to do are not things that 35-year-old moms should be doing, according oh, to yeah. society. Yeah. According to Crystal, I'm like, you know what? This is perfectly orchestrated because now I have the growth and the maturity to handle myself mm -hmm. in these situations, yeah. but I'm about to live it up. Yeah. So I want to even document like 35 goes 18 oh, and like, document my like journey of what I want to do now. But to answer, to go back to what you're saying too... I'm realizing that there's just a sacrifice. Like you either are going to give up your youth and have babies early or you're going to enjoy your youth and have them later. And then you have the like the risk in that is like the what is it? The biological clock. Oh, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and like clear, like I snapped back, like I had five kids, but I was 20. So my body was just like, yeah, boom, 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 you know, like, <laughs> so I know it doesn't happen like no. that when you're in your thirties. So there's all these trade-offs. I can't even get the quarantine 15 off of me. My <laughs> child. I know, but you know, so, so to, to tell you why I want to write the book is because me and you probably have the same void. Mm -hmm. Like I could cry thinking about it because I, grieve my 20s I went to this um baby shower for a friend and she's 31 I think and she this is her first baby and there was this ceremony where um we sell she celebrated her maiden meaning like no you know no kids just my single womanness and all the women who were there were maidens no one was a mom I was the only mom and then she crossed over into motherhood oh. and it was such an emotional experience yeah. because I never celebrated my maiden or grieved the loss of her mm. i just like went straight from a baby at 20 to having babies yeah and i there was a lot of grief in that i was like dang like i really didn't have like a a youth you know like of my mm. own and so maybe that is why i was kind of a selfish mom too because i was like i'm still gonna keep a part of myself i don't know but anyways i just think that in life we have these choices and the the answer is just accepting your path and not regretting either one of them yeah. because you know, would I change it? No, but am I going to do it now? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. You know? Um, I love the housewives franchise and I was watching Miami and they just came back after years and Larsa Pippen, I don't know if you know mm -hmm. who she is. So Larsa Pippen came back and she's like on OnlyFans and she's clubbing and she's doing this and that. And people are just, the judgment is beyond. Right. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, this woman met Scotty when she was 20, 21. She had four kids. She was with him for almost over 20 years, 20 something years. She's single for the first time. And so mm -hmm. she didn't have her That's 20s. My story she was right a there. mom. Yeah, she was traveling, building a house here. He got traded. She went. It's like that was her life. And like now she's like, oh, wait a minute. Like I missed out on all this. And mm -hmm. she's like living her life. Yeah. And people just like couldn't understand <laughs> they it. They can't like, wrap their head around yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you like? I don't. There's two ways of really just like living your life and getting what you need out of it and yeah. either way is fine and yeah. I just I don't know that's it made me think of that when you I gotta go that. follow her because yeah I, oh she's, she's not alone I'm gonna be her number one fan she yeah I just... the shoulds that I'm gonna should nots that I'm gonna get I'm sure are gonna be outrageous but whatever wow and then it's like 
why shouldn't a mom do that when those young girls are going to become women? Yeah. Like, you know, you talk about Justelle, like we're talking about boys, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't like like sheltering so much that it's like, you're like, she's going to become a woman one day. So we yeah. have to talk about it, you know? So anyways. No, and it's better coming from you, you know, because yeah. kids are going to be kids. You can tell them not to do this. And do it's this. on TikTok. They're yeah. seeing it anyways. everywhere. It's better <laughs> everywhere. coming from you. And it's just to build that open line of communication because I didn't have that. You yeah. know, in my culture, we don't do that. Like, yeah. we just don't talk about things. You just don't do things. And you just figure it out on your own. No one teaches you anything. Mm -hmm. So it was very lonely. Yeah. For a long time, trying to navigate not only this country, but like womanhood. And it's like, what, you can't, you can't even have this conversation oh with your Oh gosh, parent. that's a whole nother part. Oh, womanhood it in itself yeah. is so complicated. Like, yeah. cause we like, that's part of what's ruffled my, you know, womanhood in this season is I read this book called Mary Magdalene Revealed. Mm -hmm. And it's about Mary Magdalene, who if, if you know anything about Bible, you probably just think of her as the whore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she was actually one of Jesus's closest, like, companions and it's a whole gospel that was left out of the bible that rocked my world because i'm a christian mm. woman raised like bible whatever and it's like i have all these bible thumpers saying you're a sinner you're this you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that and then i'm looking at this gospel like conveniently was left out of the bible then i listened to this other podcast about where catholic church was created from men greed power mm -hmm. patriarchy and when I stepped out of those two boxes, I was like, wait a minute, Wom womanhood, I don't even want to, like, like I said, it's just a whole nother podcast conversation because it's like what society is telling us we're supposed to be is so conflicting to who we are yeah. inside and who we desire to be. So then we're always like going against somebody's box, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to look into that book. Maybe I'll read it for my yeah, book club. Yeah, you should definitely read it. I, I, so just for context, I finished it in like two days and I've never oh, wow. finished a book that quick. Like I couldn't put it down. It was so good. Okay, good. I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, I want to ask you one more question. Um, that's, Oh, maybe this has to do with your career, actually. Let's get into it. Your Instagram bio says before and after queen. Yeah. What does that mean? I thought that was so interesting. I've never seen anyone's bio I, say something when I, so like Yeah, what? like, I love that you're asking about it because I, I changed my bio. Like, I have a note section that has all my bios because uh -huh. I'm like, which one's the golden bio that's going to make people just want to follow me and know that I'm, like, really good at what I'm talking about? <laughs> so I'm like, what's catchy? So I, I put really that because I had did this training with this guy, shout out to Mark, and he was teaching me how society's propaganda loves like a before and after, like a transformation, yes. a, like a yin and yang type of thing. And I'm obsessed with yin and yang, like with the fact that you can't have up without down, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel like right now in this season of my life, I feel so alive because I'm afraid, but I'm excited. I'm sad and lonely, but I'm so loved. I'm like, I'm feeling all these emotions instead of just autopilot. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize how autopilot I was living. I was like, wake up, get the kids to school, do this, do that, go to bed, repeat. And that's what I'm doing. Now I'm doing new things like coming to LA more often, hanging out with new people, mm -hmm. doing new things. So anyways, the before and after was just, I was trying to put into like as little words as possible how I impact women. And I feel like before you come into my world, you're one way. And when you leave, you're another. So before you're usually more insecure, more um, worried about what people think of you, more timid in who you are. And then after it's like you're bold, you're unapologetic, mm, yeah. you're free, you're confident, you're excited about the life you're living. So it's just like, this concept of like 
the transformation. I, I'm like obsessed with what are those shows like where they did the, the makeovers? Yeah, yeah. That I I envision having a show one day where I help women with the inside, but we also do the whole outside like yeah. transformation. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Netflix. We have a lot of we have a lot of shows. I'm I don't know what show is going to be picked up, but one of them. We no, gotta I think those are great ideas. So, well, I guess we're on the topic now. Let's talk about your program because you mentioned it and the before and after. So, what exactly is your program, um, and what qualifies you, I guess, to coach? Yeah. Um, so it's called Her Playbook, and it came from. So play is an acronym. I really want to return women to play, mm-hmm. and um, that came from. Um, so what qualifies me is life experience first and foremost. That's how I got into this. I didn't ask to become a coach or a mentor. I was just blogging my life experiences, and then people were like, "Me too, me too," and then I started getting questions like, "Do you coach? Do you mentor?" And I was looking like. Like, I'm the mess here. Like, what do you mean, me coaching you? Like, what are you talking about? And the more I got it, the more I was like, you know what? I don't, but let me see. So I started a program back in like 20, I don't know, 15 or something. And um, it was like your purpose guide. And from there, I saw that I loved just bringing women together and teaching them what I had learned. And that's really what all of my programs became. It was like where I came from, how I got there. I just reverse engineered it. And then I would survey people and ask, like, what do you need? And it was, like, the same things, confidence, connection, community, communication in their relationships. Um, It was, like, these core things. And so I would just ask myself, like, how do I communicate? How did I get confident? How did I, you know, whatever? And then I just created, like, a formula from it. But then once I started having people's lives in my hands, I'm like, I need to do more. So I went and did some programs, some certifications. And in one of them, in order to graduate, we had to create a thesis. It was a PhD program. We had to create a thesis, and mine was play. So the P is like returning to your power. The L is self-love. The A is um, adventure. And then the Y is youthfulness. And so I really want women to know their power, their identity, to love themselves. That's the ultimate love. Like So many women are focused on how to get a man to love me. Mm-hmm. It's like, sis, love yourself. Yeah. Like, there men will love everything walking not really like not serious i hate generalizing men but by nature biologically men are visual they will like any beautiful woman that walks in yeah. front of them but what sets you apart is loving yourself that's yeah. a different type of vibe like they sense that and i get it everywhere i go it's like yeah you're beautiful but you're different mm-hmm. and i'm like what what's different about me is that i love myself so and then the um adventure i don't think people play enough in life people are in the rat race they're working until they die they're overworked they're underpaid they're mm. miserable they're living for the expectations of society instead of to the terms of their soul and their yeah. calling and then youthfulness is just like if you look at children that's the ideal like they're they're bold they're unapologetic they're resilient af like if you're ever around a kid they can cry one minute laugh one minute beg you for something love you hate you all in five minutes like they're so expressive they're authentic they're just they're present they have no sense of time and i think if we as adults could return to that like we'd be more successful we'd make more money we'd have better relationships so that's essentially what i am committed to doing with women and how and why and Mm, i love that and so play is it kind of playing off of like a like a playbook that athletes have yeah is that what it is yeah so like I definitely I started with um 
honing in on athletes wives because that was my story Mm -hmm. I've opened it up now because I feel like um I was always attracting non-athletes wives so I just like took myself out of that box but um it definitely came from that like like, it was like our men have playbooks our men have coaches they have strength coaches position coaches head coaches you know all these different people pouring into them just to be their best selves like what about you and most athletes wives are just sitting in the shadows like just making sure they hold up the the fort, if you will. Um, so I wanted to give her the playbook for being her best self. And um, now it's just, yeah, like a play up on returning to play. So right now what I'm transitioning to is bringing out the wild woman in, in mm-hmm. us. Because I don't think society allows, like, if you're a wild woman, you're a hoe in society. Right. And I'm like, we're, I'm done with this. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as like Amber Rose level, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely, I see myself as like the bridge. It was prophesied over me years ago that I'm going to be like Marilyn meets Oprah and like bridge this like sex appeal with the business baddie. And like, that's what women really are. But society doesn't make room for us to be all of it. It's yeah. like, you're either going to be over here and single or you're going to be a little housewife over there. Yeah. And it's like, no, we can be all of it. So that's what I really want to do is like help women like tap into like her whole self. And there's there's all these archetypes of a woman and society doesn't allow all of them to live. So I want to create a space. So I have like a vision of like a retreat where they'll come and it'll be very playful. And yeah. um, anyways, I won't give it all away. But once I have all the details, I'll of course share. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that there is something to be said about like not only loving yourself and wherever that comes from, maybe it's your personality, maybe it's your intelligence, whatever that means for you. For me, it's like, God, I love myself because God loves me. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, how are you so confident? I'm like, I don't know, God loves me. It's just like, what am I? I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna hate on myself. Like, I have yeah. nothing yeah. bad to say about myself. I love myself. Like, God yeah. loves me, I love me. So it's like, <laughs> who am I to go against God, right? But yeah. there's also something to be said about this, like, sexy side of us that you're right. Like, sometimes, like, society doesn't, let us like bring it out but sometimes it's our own families or even relationships mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely been in relationships where i felt like suffocated mm-hmm. and not necessarily like oh this person's not giving me space or suffocated in that way like i just couldn't breathe because i felt like i couldn't be myself yeah like just my entire self like with my deepest darkest thoughts like all everything like i just couldn't bring that out of me because it wasn't the right space and it wasn't with the right person you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I think like yeah this is very important because a lot of us have that inside of us and we're just dying to bring it out and it's it's just sitting there and I just want to quickly say this to what you're saying because I had a huge epiphany and this was kind of recent where I was saying I can't with you and I was like pinning it on my husband of like you don't let me and then it like I snapped out of it and I'm like people can only control us to the extent that we let them control us. So then I had to be like, I'm responsible for this. Mm -hmm. I'm letting you not let me be myself. So I would, I would encourage anyone listening to this. If you feel like, or you catch yourself saying like, I can't do anything because of another person to remember that you're the one who has the power to choose. So the reason why we're not is because we're afraid of the consequences when we are Mm ourselves. And that's what I realized in my relationship. I was afraid of if I, you know, post this a little bit more racy picture on Instagram, I'm going to be in trouble when my husband gets home from work. And then I'm going to have the silent treatment. And then I'm going to this and I'm going to that. So I'm just not going to do it. And then I correlate to the, I can't do that. I can, I'm just choosing not to. So then you have to really get, and I know you were like talking about like, um, 
compromises. I don't mm-hmm. know if you wanted to go into that. Yeah. But that was one that when I had to really start to see this is why it's so important. I don't think enough people go into relationships knowing themselves enough to know what boundaries and non-negotiables they're willing to compromise on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for me, that's been the biggest question in my marriage of like, at where's my threshold where you're now messing with my soul? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's my soul calling to bridge women with what I'm talking about, but my husband is very uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And so I am risking my marriage at this point for the work that I want to do. And it is very tricky because it's like, so you're going to choose your work over your family and your five kids and your marriage. But it's like, no, I'm going to choose my soul. Like I'm going to choose my calling. And I heard a, a podcast. It was, um, Oprah and Glennon Doyle, I think. But she said, in a marriage, if you ever have to choose your soul over your marriage, you have to choose your soul. And it was like confirmation to the the question that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's certain things, like there's always compromise in a relationship. But I think if your soul starts to get involved, like where you feel suffocated, it's like ride or die. Like I'm not going to be a ride or die where I literally die. Yeah. yeah. I think, think, why are we dying? (laughs) I think you have to die to your flesh, like your ego, your pride, your, you know, your resentment, your, all of that, but not your soul. Like if your soul is not thriving and you're not living in your calling and alignment, I just think you're attached to the wrong situation. So that goes into like growth, like who we are when we meet somebody. And you, this probably applies to you way more than most people because you were a 20-year-old, you know, 19. I don't know yeah. how old you were when you met until now. Yeah. It's a long time. And those are some of your most, you know, transformative years. So who you are when you meet someone in the beginning and the amount of like growing and transitions you both go through in life versus like who you become, right? So how do you teach somebody to really love and appreciate and now learn how to navigate this new version of you and um, create those boundaries, what does that even look like? Like, how can you apply that to real life relationship? Oh, this is such a, like a big, so going, first of all, going back to how we were talking about, like, you either have your kids younger or you wait. I'm so confused. It's like questions for Jesus. It's like, why, why did you make our bodies to create children like young? Like, why do we start our periods at 13, 14? Mm -hmm. But then mature wise, we don't even know ourselves till we're like 30 something, you know, like it's so weird to me because it's like, so for me, what it's been caused, and, and I give this forewarning to everybody that I'm coaching. I am not your guru. I'm not your God. And I don't have all the answers. I, you'll hear me quote Jesus. I have clients who are every religion and no religion. So what I'm getting at with that is I don't have all the answers. You mm-hmm. know, like I just don't. And what, what I'm trying to say is like, yes, I met my husband at 18. I had no idea who I was. Like, I was a baby. I I remember not even knowing what I wanted to eat to go out on a date. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, you know, to now 35, we're night and day. Like, I'm, and I've grown, I've done self development for the last 10 years. So it's like I'm completely a different person. So, all of that to say, um, the how is what I'm navigating right now. Mm -hmm. So, I know that in the next, like, probably, three to five years, it'll be what my content becomes because that's what I'm navigating right now. The answer to it is, um, 
moving with love. Like I am realizing I am not responsible for how you respond to me being in my truth. Mm -hmm. If it makes you upset and uncomfortable, that's for you to sit with and ask yourself, why do I feel uncomfortable with this? Why am I upset about this? If I know my intentions are pure, then I can't move my just like what I realize I've been doing for the last 18 years is moving so that I don't upset anybody mm-hmm. and I'm no longer willing to do that. So now I have to be like, so the coaching I would give people is as humans, I feel like we're so quick to want to fix people. We don't ever want people to be upset. We don't want them to be angry. We don't want them to be sad. We just want people to be happy all the time. Yeah. That's not realistic. So if you can just accept that in order to have high highs, you're going to have low lows in order to feel happy and joy, you're going to have to feel sadness and pain then you might be a little bit more willing to accept those moments when your man is a little upset with you. You'll get over it. And if he won't, then he might not be the person for you and vice versa. So that's the season I'm in. I'm moving with intention. I'm questioning. I'm asking God. And it got to the point where I was like, look, now you're offending me because you're making me feel like I'm not connected to God. I talk to God every day. God is moving me in this direction. God is opening up these doors. And let's just say I'm missing the mark. If you're my life partner, fall down with me. Mm-hmm. Oops, okay, maybe I missed the mark on that. Maybe I shouldn't be you know, talking about sex so openly as a mom of five. Okay, my bad, made a mistake, let's keep growing. But if right. you're just going to X me out because you don't agree with who I am and what I'm doing, I have a problem with that. Right. So I would just say like, as you're navigating growth with another human, both parties have to be accepting of one another and they have to be willing to let that person grow. And have to be okay with discomfort because it's going to be uncomfortable. I mean, I can't imagine being my husband on the other end of me right now. Like, I'm like, some days I'm like, I want to be a stripper. <laughs> like, I literally <laughs> want to be a stripper. I'm dead. I've always had an infatuation with them. And yeah. then one time when I was like 18, it's 19. It's, it's quite the a, skill. And I've taken me, pole dancing classes. Let me tell so you. So I'll tell you why I want to be a stripper because I'm always about the next challenge. Mm-hmm. And getting uncomfortable. And I haven't done anything lately that made me really uncomfortable. And that scares me to death. Like a woman who can be so confident in her body to dance in front of a room full of people, you're on another level. So now I'm like, I just want to do it and just see what it feels like to be on the other side of that and to like channel whatever you're channeling to like kind of pretend to be into these guys, you know, and like, like go try to get the most money. Like it sounds so fun. That's hilarious. But to be married and then have kids, I get it. Like, of yeah. course, my husband's like, you're psycho. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you <laughs> want to be a stripper? And I'm like, I can do it in a little city. No one will even know. Like, yeah. so, so in a Palm perfect, Springs. Listen, I've yeah. been to a strip club in Palm Springs. Yeah. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> like, in a perfect world, my husband would just be like, all right, babe, I'll be your photographer. But no, that's not how it's panning yeah. out. So, like, I don't know. So I think I might have to just settle for classes like yeah. you said but it's a start maybe you like it so much you just keep going I don't know um one thing that I thought about when you were when you were talking is um about your journey and trying to figure out what the answer to that question is I think that people they say I don't like change right you hear people say this all the time oh I don't like change I don't like change but we adjust to change every day mm-hmm. I mean there's new technology we have to figure it out right yeah. there's like um, new ways of like even unlocking your doors. We're using keys, then we're using a car, then mm-hmm. we're using a, a, a fob. Like there's, you have to adjust to change every yeah. single day. Whether it's you go to the doctor and they're like, "This is not your diet anymore. You need to change it." Right. So we're changing all the time. But when it comes to our relationship, the thought of change 
it just like we don't it's not the same we don't apply we don't look at our relationship and say okay it's just like a part of life we're gonna change people see someone changing in a relationship they're like you're not who I married you know mm -hmm. you're not who I thought you were and it's like yeah I'm not because it's been X amount of time and naturally I'm going to change as a person I'm mm -hmm. having experiences I think about things differently I'm meeting p people I want different things and it's just so crazy that we don't apply that same outlook whether we like it or not whether we like change or not we understand we have to adjust in life but mm -hmm. for some reason in relationships we just like we yeah. can't bear it yeah it, and it reminds me of um, something that I talk a lot about is attachment. In like, as humans, we want things to last forever. Mm -hmm. Nothing lasts forever. Right. So I think that a healthy way to be in a relationship with someone, and I saw this from like it was like a guru, like some type of like, I don't know if it was Hindu or like it was just something like where they were very like unattached and Zen type of vibes, and he was saying the ultimate form of love is to just love right now mm -hmm. and not be holding on to like your mind forever. And the reason why I bring that up is because that's the same thing when it comes to change. It's like you want your partner to be that same person that they were, but if you can unattach and embrace who they are, I think that to your point of why do we not apply that same energy I, I'm starting to question, this is another thing that's in theory, I'm not like staking this, like in a year from now I may think differently, but right now I'm like, maybe we're not supposed to be with one person forever. Maybe we're, maybe there is seasons, to my point of why did God create our bodies to pr create babies so young, but you know, like then we don't mature and know who we are. Like, what if we're supposed to create babies with one person and then we have a second life where mm -hmm. we create another level of life with someone else? I don't know. But society is based on propaganda. So you have to look at Disney, fairy tales. We're programmed to think relationships are one person for the rest of your life. But there's a lot of science that says we're not even monogamous creatures. Mm -hmm. We're not even meant to be with one person. Again, coming from the girl who wants it to last forever, who is the most psychotic, like touch my man and I'm going to cut you type right. of person. I also am having to evolve. The more my consciousness evolves, the more I'm like, holy crap, maybe we missed the mark on this one. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have it all wrong. Maybe we're not supposed to tie one person down forever because why is cheating such a big thing? I don't know if you've heard of the book, um, Esther Perel, um, state, the state of affairs. No, another. I haven't finished it, but she basically is like, I'm not gonna not address um, cheating and infidelity. It's in most relationships, right? And I'm like, oh my god, like so. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, are we forcing something that's not natural? I don't know. You know, it's like a battle because I and I think you'll understand this too because of religion or spirituality whatever you want to call it like no you hello rib hello wife hello husband mm -hmm. forever we don't get divorced we don't have affairs so it's like what how do you try to balance that because I know you're probably there's no balance honestly you're probably trying to figure it out like you said but it is something to think about because mm -hmm. if science is telling us I don't think we're programmed to yeah. necessarily be with one person but you know the bible is saying something yeah. else well that's that's why I mentioned the bible I, okay, so another thing that has taken me out of my box is I qu I'm questioning the Bible for sure. Yeah. Because 
there's many, it's not just Mary Magdalene's gospel that was left out of the Bible. There's other gospels that were left out that were men's gospels. But for whatever reason, not only was Mary Magdalene's gospel left out, but the first six pages were destroyed. There's something in those truths that they, the power didn't want us to know. And the reason why I say that is because religion, see, from the podcast, I am not a philosopher, I'm not a historian, so I'm not trying to educate you guys, but I'm just telling you guys where my head is at. When I re- read that podcast, or read the podcast, listened to the podcast, her story, m- m- the fall of matriarchy came from the rise of patriarchy, which took women out of power. Right. Women had, a, the the land was working well with men and women equally in it because women weren't about greed and power. They were about community and growth and creation. Mm-hmm. Men were like, I just want it to be mine and this and that and that and that. No offense, I love you. I love men. We need men. I love you guys so much, like so so much. I'm just not. Bring I'm not. I'm just bringing. Yeah. Just I'm just. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger, yeah. okay? So, my point of all of that, because I know I'm like all over the place with this, because this is one of those things my head is still trying to wrap around. But what I'm trying to say is, I'm not sure if religion is all dialed in. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then it's the same thing of like. You're not going to tell me that Muslims, Christians, Catholics, Jews, like all the different Hindus, Buddhists, only one set of us are going to heaven. Stop it. Right. Yeah. Stop. Like, I'm sorry, but that's my problem with Christianity. I love, I'm born and raised, but I have certain things that just are not going to sit well with my soul. So to that point, I just think there's certain things that we've picked and pulled. And of course, to a man do you know how pow- just think of Marilyn Monroe for a second yeah iconic they try to reel that in we can't have all the women walking around here like Marilyn thinking yeah. she's the baddest bitch on the planet and she's just so powerful so they had to take our power they had to reel us in and say be quiet don't like that's the nature of what they did to us now I'm getting emotional but like it's not all men like I said but there were some men in history that did that period. Just like I'm sure there was women who, you know, like I, I'm not all the way feminist either because there's feminists who take it too far as well and think F men, we don't need you. We need men. Oh yeah. We need men. We love we men. We need each other. We work well together. Yeah. So there's both sides of the spectrum. But I, all I'm saying is to go back to religion, which is what you took it to is we, we base everything off of religion and don't even realize that so much of religion is just control. Yeah. It is. It's not even love. It's not even life. It's not even where we flourish. You yeah. know? So yeah, I I don't I don't have any of those answers as far as I'm because even like I've explored open relationships, for example, and I don't mean explored it like experimented, but I've like looked into it, asked people who mm-hmm. do it questions. I don't think I could do it. I just don't think I could like knowingly know you're like here and there or whatever. But at the same time, one of the things that one of the women that I interviewed said about it is she's like, when you're in an open relationship, it doesn't mean that you're not jealous or that you're not afraid or that you're not insecure. She said, it just means you're honest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. So it's like they're basically just saying, I know you're going to probably slip up. So her and her partner's relationship was that 
we're committed to each other, but we know we're human. So if we go out of town and something happens because we just hit it off with another human, wow. we're not going to feel guilty about that. We're just going to know that it happened. And we're, we're not going to carry the guilt of like, do I tell them? Do I not? We just know that things happen and that's their agreement. And I thought that was very commendable. Yeah. I, I actually, that's really interesting because I wonder, I always thought that in order to have a, you know, open relationship, both people have to be equally in agreement um, and of what that means and they both have to be very accepting, but I couldn't imagine a scenario where there were two people like that. I just felt yeah. like usually one person's like, suggest it and the other one's like, okay, to think yeah, it's gonna yeah. like save the No, they were situation. mutually. That's I've amazing. heard that it does not work at all that's if what it's I not thought. mutual. Yeah, that's why I thought it eventually sure. doesn't work because one yeah. person is not really about it, but yeah. that's really interesting. And I recently interviewed a married um, couple and they said that there's stats that open relationships are not the most successful. So again, I don't know the answer. I literally don't because know Because I think for that reason, for one me, person's lying to themselves and the yeah. other one is, yeah. yeah. But it is interesting exactly, to find both yeah. people. For me, it's like, I want my marriage to last forever. I would love to be with my husband until we die. Like we just buried my grandma next to my grandfather and I was watching it and I'm just like, wow, like, you know, we aspire to that. But what hit me was like, okay, if, if dying with my partner and having the tombstone with my partner means I have to die and not live my life, just take my tombstone. I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just say I was married for my whole life, but was miserable. Right. No, 100%. I, and I think a lot of people who are going for the gusto are miserable, but they're yeah. just saying, but we're still married. We're in it. It's a daily fight. I hate his guts, but we're here. Like, yeah. no. I don't want that. It is definitely daily work, right? It's just yes. supposed to be, I assume. I've never been married. I'm assuming it's constant work. Yeah. Um, but it shouldn't be like you're just really just yeah. trying so hard to get through every single day. I mean, kill me now. Just kill me now. <laughs> just kill me now. Don't even give me a tombstone. Yeah, just, no, I'm all set. <laughs> just, just forget um, I ever existed. That's so funny. What is? Um, what are some of the concerns that you see or hear about in your programs? Obviously, no names or anything, just some that you're willing to share. Yeah. Is it like... What some things I'm interested in, and tell me if you've heard of these, is like, um, or if people come to you for this, is sex and passion. Like people stop mm -hmm. um, after a while because I, I hear that tends to be a problem. Yeah. Um, just insecurities, whatever that means. Whether it's like one's a stay-at-home, you know, wife or husband, one is not, and what that means. Um, yeah, maybe others will come to me while we're talking yeah. about but those. Two All of really the above. Um, the main things that people come to me for in relationships is like sex so like he's addicted to porn he's cheating we don't have sex anymore i'm not in the mood he's not in the mood things like that um <clears throat> insecurities 100 whether it's what he's doing wh where he's at who he's with um am i enough like <clears throat> am i enough um you know, like especially dealing with women in relationship with high profile men who there's temptation everywhere, there's options everywhere. Um, it's one of those things like dealing with infidelity, recovering from it, tr rebuilding trust, all of the above. Um, so that's why my approach, because I'm not like a sex therapist, so I'm not teaching them how to get their sex life back. But what I'm what I'm teaching them is um, being OK with themselves. Like, I think that for me, for example, when Jason was playing in the league and I was like, literally my life consisted of waking up, taking care of my one daughter that I had, and then binge watching Kardashians was in, like, it was just starting. So I'd binge watch Kardashians and Housewives, 
get bored with that, maybe take a nap, maybe go to the store, prepare dinner, and then I would just be waiting for him to come home. And I I lived in his phone. So I would go through his phone. I would check all his phone records back. We were, we go so far back that it was like I was ch- waiting for the Sprint bill to come in the mail so I could like comb through star eight two or whatever that it is to block numbers, call every single one, see if a girl answers no, guy, 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 girl. Okay, I'll keep this one and call that back. I've done things like one time I called this number and I was like, oh, I was like pr- making my voice all like raspy and I was like, hey girl, what are you doing? And she was like, what's wrong with your voice? I was like, it's your sister. She was like, what's wrong with your voice? I was like, okay, she believes that it's her sister. And I was like, what were you doing last night? And like, I found out she was with my husband, like things like that. Oh, wow. So like, I would just do things like that crazy what I teach women now is whether you do those things or not he's going to do what he's doing so let's channel that energy into creating your own thing making your own money like I wish someone would have told me what I know now because what I would have been doing instead of worrying about him is I would have been worried about myself I would have been taking those million dollars that was going through the bank and I would have been investing it into real estate life coaching everything I would have like I would have been making my own revenue streams, but mm-hmm. I didn't know any better, you know? So that's basically what I tell women is like, you're, it's going to take different types of support to deal with the no sex, no insecurities, all of that. But it starts with loving yourself and doing your own work of like, who are you? Why did you attract this guy in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you putting up with that behavior? And then from there, you can work on it. Um, but I don't know if there's any specifics of those things that you want to go into. We Would can. you think those insecurities of you calling, doing this really stemmed from, obviously you're saying you, but was it, was it anything he was doing that made you feel like you had to yeah. go out of your way to look through bills and call people? Yeah. So he, this is why he hates that I'm such a public person because it's like, I'm telling his business. So it's not to make him look like a bad guy, but he did his stuff, you know, like he would go out of town for away games and he would meet up with people for dinner. I don't know what he was doing. I never, ever got proof in all the years of looking through his stuff that he was actually penetrating another woman, but he did everything other than that. Like I saw sexting, I saw, you know, all the things. So absolutely, it was one of those things where it was like after the first, so the first time I looked, it was more of like a, well, I'm dating an NFL player. Most NFL players are cheaters, right? Let me see what mine's doing. Mm-hmm. That was where that came from. So, it, it, and insecure. I didn't, I was insecure. I, I was so jealous of like, this is, this is ironic. So like, I'm just going to tell this quick story. So a couple of years ago, I was up in the middle of the night, like buying, you know, funnels, like you'll buy like for $99, you can get this like business plan da, da, da. and then it's like for 39 more dollars, you can get this. So like a hundred and like $200 more, I'm like getting the email for this business plan thing. And I'm like, this name looks so familiar. This name looks so familiar. Then I go to her Instagram and it was one of the girls that was the realtor that sold my husband's house when he like retired from or when he left one of his teams. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I was so jealous of her because she was like a boss bitch. She was the realtor. She was on his line, like updating him. So I remember when we moved, I was like, from now on, you can talk to me. Like I, yeah, like I had the baby now. I was like, look, I'm the baby mama. You can go through me when you're done. So I like hit her with that. So I had to message her. I was like, hey girl, I don't know if you remember me, but 
I just think it's so funny how it comes full circle that the last time we communicated, I was like canceling you as like the side hoe. And now I'm like buying all your stuff on Instagram. That <laughs> so is so It was funny. so crazy. But she was like, of course I remember you, girl. And now we're like Insta friends. You yeah. know, it's cool. We support each other, whatever. But I loved that evolution because back then they were my enemies. If I were me today, I would be like, girl, put me on. How do I get in real mm -hmm. estate? How do I become an interior mm -hmm. decorator? How do I become an event planner? I was canceling. How do I do PR? Or like the PR girls I was canceling, I would have been like, put me on. Get my podcast out there. Like, how do I like level up? But my head wasn't there. My head was in, you're trying to have sex with my husband. Yeah, that everyone, was everyone was like, everyone was yeah. a, Every female was a hoe yeah. to me. Yeah, and so, everyone was a threat. A threat, not yeah. a hoe, respectfully. Whatever. I love hoes. <laughs> Whatever. I, can be no. <laughs> I am one. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, so you're saying you were staying at home, taking care of uh, Justelle, your mm -hmm. daughter, and watching like reality TV, but at the same time, after four years, you started having kids back to back. Mm -hmm. So we feel like, I mean, I, we, we talked about this, it is really sacrifice, right? So you're sacrificing your body, you're sacrificing your mm -hmm. mind, you're sacrificing a career potentially. Um, do you ever, did you ever look at him and just feel like resentment? Like you don't even know what I have to do every day? Cause I feel like a lot of women yeah. who have to, you know, you hear like, oh, stay at home wives. It's not so bad. That's great. It's an easy life. But like, is it really? Because you are sacrificing like, for example, day to day, encounters with people mm -hmm. just like things you would see at work mm -hmm. or driving or just a lot there is a lot yeah. that you're missing out on or yeah. peace of mind kids are crying all the time right um did you ever look at him and think like mm. I don't think I ever um how do I say like there's this saying you were he kept you barefoot and pregnant like there's oh, a there's that. a saying of that and it's it kind of has a negative connotation yeah. it's kind of like he kept you out of the way. Yeah. I don't know that my husband intentionally did that, but that was basically what happened to me. Cause now that I'm like in the world again, like going out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't, I was literally just locked up in the Hills, like in a house, you know? And my point of that is I didn't know any different. So for me, I wasn't looking at him like you did this to me. And I always said, if I had to choose, okay. So when he was in the league, I was good. I was eating good. I was living good. I didn't have anything to complain about. Like mm. taking care of a baby wasn't a complaint for me. Yeah. But I'm also different. Like I realized, again, because I don't have that worry thing, I'm not the mom that was like, I was just here all day and the baby was crying. It, for me, it was like babies are supposed to cry. Like yeah. I didn't, like I never passed that off on him. But as he transitioned and then we started equaling out a little more and I started contributing and I started working and things like that, I didn't have resentment towards him, but I did start to feel like um, more like, okay, this is what I missed out on, so now I'm going to go do it. Like, I didn't, you know, like, I just didn't feel like he did it. But, oh, that's what I was going to say was I started realizing I would rather have the burden of staying home with the kids and organizing that than the burden of providing for them. Mm, <laughs> like, I, if I have to pick true. one or the other, you know, a lot of women are doing both and kudos like yes. a lot of women are doing both they're working grinding and providing but for me 
you sign me up to go make the bread or make the bed, like cook the bread or make the money to buy it, I'm cooking it all day. And I feel like that's in our nature. Women, you give them a house, they'll make it a home. You give them ingredients, they'll make, they'll make a meal. And I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. I, I liked that better than the stress of like, how am I going to pay for this? You know, like, how am I going to bring in the bag? Yeah. So the, I always looked at it as a fair trade-off. It just was a fair trade-off. If I'm going to be living with someone who's cashing million-dollar checks, I'm not complaining about a, a crying baby. And I was also the mom, because, you know, you talk about the controlling moms. I wasn't that type, so I hired help. I had a babysitter, so I was not 24-7. A lot of moms are 24-7. I'm like, sis, hire a nanny. Oh, no, I don't trust anybody to watch my kids. Well, that's your problem. Yeah, that's true. That is, that's yeah. your problem, because I am like just not going to worry about that. I'm just going to pray over my kids and trust. Yeah, of course there's bad things that happen, but you can't live like that. My mom raised me to say planes crash all the time. You can't not fly. Cars get in accidents every day. You can't not drive. Mm -hmm. Yes, things can happen from a bad nanny. You can't live in fear of that. You just have to pray and trust that the best is going to happen, you know, so. Your mom said this? Mm -hmm. See, that's nice. And then that's, it's you. My mom is a... <laughs> paranoid freak i love her yeah, to no, death my mom mm -mm. and i just trickled down on me over here just like everything is this problem everything is scary and everything is a problem that's so funny we're complete opposite like i and i'm seeing that a lot of people are like that you yeah. know it's no judgment there's nothing wrong with it it's just different you just have to kind of unlearn that I yeah guess. unlearning oh that's a whole conversation that's for hard day. yeah oh my god i love that so i did read some like conflicting studies about marriage and like how a lot of it ends in divorce uh, the year, the general consensus is that m the most common years of divorce are around seven and eight. Mm. And because you've been married for so long. I'm just curious. Do you remember what your seven and eight were for you? And what was that like? Yeah. I don't remember where we were at seven and eight. Um, we've been together 18 years and married 12. Um, so I'm curious, number one, are they counting like years being together or I think being it's married. Years, yeah officially married so you know I don't remember exactly where but um I did hear that like I remember they call it the seven year itch or something yes yes yes, yes. and I remember like when we were approaching se so I do remember because I remember approaching it and being like well I'm not itching you know like yeah, I remember <laughs> <laughs> so I remember being okay um here's my thing about one thing I'm learning about stats and labels and things that obviously science is, is science, numbers are numbers, but sometimes you have to um, also accept that you might be an outlier. You know, like mm. I try not to get so wrapped up in what other things say and what people say because then it's like you're waiting for that to be the thing, you know? Yeah. And actually, Jason, my husband, is really good about that. Like, he, he's very against the norm. So he's like, well, just because that's what they said, that doesn't mean. So it's like we probably both collectively were like, we're not going to have a seven-year itch because they say that there is one. You mm -hmm. know, like I could see us being like that. Um, <clears throat> but what I would say to that is I think whether it happens at year one, year seven, year 17, every relationship is going to go through ups and downs and trial periods. And the truth is, is like between 90 days to like six months, your honeymoon phase is gone. So that like that biological, like physical attraction and those butterflies and that like, I just want to eat his face, like feeling is going to go away for every couple. So it's always going to be a, a matter of choice at that point. So mm -hmm. even if you do get to the seven years, I would just say, 
you have a choice. Like, do we want, like where I know my husband and I are at, at year 12, we're at the point where we agree that our marriage we had is dead. Our marriage we had when we got married 12 years ago is no longer that. Now we're rebuilding. What is the marriage we want to create the next 12 years? Do we want to create a marriage the next 12 years? That's where we're navigating, right? So it's like, I think people have to realize every day is a choice versus like by this year or this date or whatever. It's just like choosing. And and I think the best way to make choices is through vision. So like asking, doing check-ins. I recommend to people that are in relationships do a weekly check-in because what happens maybe by the seventh year is you didn't talk about all these things and they just pile up, pile up, pile up, pile up. And then it's something or someone explodes, right? Or someone's not speaking up and you just kind of numb out and you disconnect and then the other person feels it and then it's too late. Um, And so I would just say it's, it's like taking the temperature, maintaining. A matter of fact, someone just told me this. They were like, marriage is like anything else. It's like, your health, for example, if you don't take, if you don't eat healthy your whole life, don't expect in your fifth, sixth decade, your body's not going to start breaking down. You're not going to get diagnosed with diseases and stuff. Mm-hmm. So same thing with the marriage. If you're not nurturing it every day and pouring into it and choosing each other every day, there's going to come a point where the, the marriage is on life support. Right. You know? And yeah. so I think it's, it's work. whether it's seven years or, or wherever it's going to be work and you're going to have to choose it. And Yeah. Okay. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is I want to give people a glimpse of your program, right? So he, uh, coach me. This, this, you know, just a little something. Don't give away <laughs> okay. too much. This is not free 99, but coach me a little bit. Um, so let's give an example. I am someone who, like, if I were married, I think one of my concerns uh, in a marriage would be staying, like, being impressive enough for my husband, like continuously impressing him, keeping him interested, um, you know, keeping his attention on me. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, if that's how you should be in a marriage. For me, it's very important, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I just want you to be impressed by me day to day, right? Maybe it's not realistic, but what, what are some things that I can do to be impressive, to keep my husband's attention, to be, um, not only as a wife, but just like an interesting person out in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, how, what can I bring to the table and how do I do that? What are some things I can do? Just like some tangible things you can think mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this question. And since you said coaching you, so I'm going to be coach Crystal instead of like friend Crystal because friend Crystal would be like, girl, keep your hair done, like keep yourself together. Like I'm all about the external yeah. keep up. Like my first Instagram name was kept up and I'm mad because I, I don't know the login password because I want to like bring it back. That's but cute. <clears throat> I've always been obsessed with keeping yourself up. I think my, like I just posted a reel the other day on Instagram and it got a little bit of backlash because my husband was like, you're looking like you're out here single. But I was like, no, you, we all know, we we all know when you see that girl who's newly single and all of a sudden she's wearing more makeup, she's hanging out in new places. It's like, and then when you find out they're single, you're like, oh, I knew something was different. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, keep that same energy. So I, from friend Crystal is like, keep that energy you had when you got him. Like when you first start dating, Mm. if you're going to go on a date, you're going to put on your best outfit. You're going to make sure you're fresh, you're clean. You just, you're not going to just be rolling over. Like, so keep that energy. That's the friend, the external, the doing, but the sauce, like the, the coaching where like people pay is 
I'm like, no, I'm giving them. I'm just kidding. I don't care. I give everything away for free. People are actually paying because I'm going to tell you the sauce and you're not going to use it because you're, we're so programmed. Yeah. You need like, you need the steps to you apply. Need over like and it, over. Yeah. And check-ins, check-ins. <laughs> check-ins. Yeah. Okay. But no, the Homework. sauce is who you're being. Mm-hmm. That's the sauce because I don't care how beautiful you are. That's a dime a dozen. First of all, if you haven't checked Instagram popular page lately, they have all of us beat. <laughs> like filters, bot body parts, all of it. All of us are beat. But I guarantee me, like, well, you guys can't see me. I have no boobs. So like me and my flat chest, I will walk in a room and pull <laughs> a guy way quicker than the girl next to me with her fake double Ds or her real double Ds just off of my energy yeah, and my vibe. Yeah, that controlling is the room. The, yeah. That's the, the sauce. So... What I mean by that is your man doesn't want to have you. I'll give it to you in the three C's and the three A's. Men will die to critique control, control and complaining. We complain about everything. We try to control their moves and we we critique like how they do things. You didn't clean up right. You didn't get me the right groceries Mm. at the store. You didn't get the kids dressed like that. How can you? I said I'd do it like that. Why aren't you home? How can you answer the phone? Blah, blah, blah. All they really want is to just be admired and appreciated and accepted. If you if you look at the trend of why men cheat, it's usually with an uglier girl. And we're like, you left me for her. But that ugly girl is like, hey, daddy. Like, oh, and she's all interested in him. Yeah. She's she and what relationships lose is noviceness. They lose that new feeling in the right. beginning where you're just like, tell me everything. Yeah. How was your day? Oh, my gosh. Now especially after kids, the man gets home, you're like, take the baby. I've been with them all day today. I'm stressed out. And you're like mad at him because of the day you had. Don't even think to ask how was his day, you know, that kind of thing. So if you can keep those things in mind of like, and I just learned this from a podcast that I interviewed. They said, you should be giving your partner three positive affirmations a day. I was like, oh my I God. I saw your post yesterday. Yes. I loved it. Thank I you was for sharing like, that. I was like, I don't think I've given three in the last three months, mm-hmm. you know, because I get so fixated on what he's not doing right, especially the coach in me. I'm such a high performer that I'm always looking for that little 1% that can make you 100% better. And so like I focus on the gap. And so I need to remember to focus on the, um, what's working and that, so I'll give you guys the analogy because this is how God like speaks to me. God put it on my heart. Like if you're trying to grow a plant and you put the seed in the dirt, you can't just put the seed in the dirt, in the dark, in the closet, and then just be like, grow. And when you grow, then I'm going to pick you and love on you. No, you have to nurture it. You have to water it. You have to feed it nourishment in the soil. You have to give it sunlight, light, and love. So if you're not giving your man light and love and you're just giving him like, you didn't do this and how can you do that? And we are bratty. A lot of women, we're very bratty. We're high maintenance. We want everything to be perfect. We're mad at everything. Men don't think like us. So we're mad that he didn't think to do X, Y, Z. And he's like, bro, I didn't even think about that. Like he's like (laughs) tripping, like, like you didn't even give me a chance because I, my brain doesn't even think like that, you know? And so we are just, if we could just chill and just nurture our man and like feed his ego and like stroke him on a daily basis of like you're amazing I love you he won't need that from somewhere else and then he was you're going to be more likely to be kept and usually men also there's three p's too men just want to protect and provide and please 
So if you allow them to protect you, to provide for you, because that's another thing. We're so independent Mm -hmm. and we don't need them. I didn't realize that. I don't need my husband for anything. I never ask him for help. I'm like dragging things up the stairs when I could literally be like, can you get that down there? Like he would want me to do that. Oh, I love a, can you get that? (laughs) I'm so bad at that. Not all women. Some women are on the other side of the spectrum. Like, come on, babe, you can't pick that up right there. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so if you can remember the p's the a's and the c's like you will be golden and again they're human so the acceptance part is key like accept their flaws accept they're going to make mistakes um my biggest lesson in my marriage was i was carrying on to mistakes my husband made 10 years ago and it was like i almost lost him to beating the dead horse yeah so if you can't let stuff go you're going to lose it because I almost lost him, like nagging him from things. And remember that one time and he's like, when are you going to let it go? Like, I can't change that. I did that one thing 10 years ago. Like, you know, so yeah, there's definitely like that little period where it's okay. But if you make this choice to stay, yeah, that's the only way to get through it is to let it go. That's the only way I always tell people, if you can't accept your person the way they are, then you're choosing to be with them. So you can't just n- nag them to death. Yeah. You'll kill, you'll kill them. You'll kill them. It yeah. kills the spirit the of the energy. relationship yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This was so great. This is you're fun. so smart and wise. <laughs> um, please share uh, anything you have coming up, your program, where people can buy it. Um, where how long they are just tell us a little bit more about like what it is how it is if you want to talk about how much it costs go ahead if not they can visit online whatever you want yeah well the price just went up no just kidding price check um no so her playbook is my baby program i have other programs that i don't even speak of like cloud nine but it's only for people who have gone through her playbook because i found that i was spending a lot of time and energy working with women who didn't have like the basic things Mm -hmm. so her playbook is like the first stop to working with me um, I do it every quarter, so every three months. Um, I might change that because what I'm finding is, like I, what I was saying when I was joking about, I can give you this for free, you won't use it, is you have to remember, however old you are, it's taken you that many years to, like you said, unlearning. Right. What I'm basically teaching women to do is unlearn their programming that's not working for them. Mm-hmm. So you can't unlearn in three months. Like in three months, by the time we finish, people feel like they're just getting started. So I might extend her playbook. I'm not sure, but that doesn't matter. That's all, all logistics. Um, so yeah, you. what I would say is follow on Instagram. That's where I like the hub of all of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And then every quarter I do something free. Right now I'm working on like downloading what that next thing will be. But I'll do some form of free like challenge or workshop just so people can get a taste of like my style, mm-hmm. my teaching. And then if they like it, then they can step into her playbook. So we'll open the doors again in May for her playbook. And then I'm also putting together an in-person retreat. So that's going to be all about fun and experience. And um, like I said earlier, tapping women back into that um, provocative, curious, playful, sexy, central side that. that society is not making space for us to do. So I want to bring that in private settings mm-hmm. and allow women to let their hair down and tap into their sexy in a safe environment. Um, so I'm really excited about what we're creating with that. Um, so be on the lookout for those details. I would say the best thing is get on my email list, which um, you can do that through the free thing. So just just follow. Maybe um, put notifications on because 
these algorithms on oh, Instagram. It's awful. like, oh my gosh, you caught, you will probably not, you're going to have to look for it, but, or just DM me. I live in my DMs. I yeah. answer every single DM. So DM me if you're interested and you're listening to this, that's the best way. And then I can directly send you whatever it is you're interested in. I would say that's the best thing. Okay. What's your Instagram? It's Crystal C. David and it's K-R-I-S-T-E-L. C is in cat and then David, D-A-V-I-D. Okay, perfect. Um, if you're listening on the podcast apps, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. But you can always watch this on YouTube um, to see how pretty, beautiful, graceful um, Crystal is. And that's youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to follow me at starring Milana. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. This the, so I, I'm going to just say it again. This is when, when Milana texts me about being on, I was so honored. I'm like, I made it on her podcast because I look at her like she's helped me with my content creation and stuff. So I look at her as the guru in this space. So to be on was a You're pleasure. So, sweet. so thank, thank you. Thank so you. Much. I loved having you. Yeah. Thank you. Like, cause I look at you as like, this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Like you have like a like a standard. So I'm like, if I meet her standard, like I'm all nervous. Like, am I fidgeting too much? Am I no, touching the mic you're wrong? Great. You're so insightful, <laughs> and it just it really I loved uh, I loved this episode. I love talking with you. But no, I love when people yeah. make me feel nervous. So that's a compliment oh, to you because it doesn't you. happen all the time. But <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening.